I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Don't Don't raise trade trade just just yet. yet. Sit down and strap in for the Ultimate Super Coach Podcast. It's time to win your leagues and dominate your mates. This is the Jewel Position Podcast, hosted by Whisperer and Adrianosaurus. Oh, goodness me. Technology is a very, very fun thing for you guys on the live stream. Uh, you'll know what monstrosity has just popped up on your screen. And for anyone listening on Spotify, Apple, uh Pigeon Carrier, wherever you listen to your podcast, please, please, I highly recommend jumping over to the Dual Position Podcast YouTube channel just for about 15 seconds to see the absolute disgrace that is sitting next to me. Mate, what is going on? Hey, I'm a woman, and I, and I will admit I am an ugly bitch, um, but I, I reckon I'd still get laid. I'm... I'm I'm Irish by heritage. I've taken, so I've taken the red hair. I've taken worse home, mate. So, yeah. so here you go. I, look, it was all over Val Holmes. I said if Val Holmes didn't score a try, I'd dress up like a woman for the dual position. And then he did score a try. And everyone was like, gutted. I got, oh, I'm sh- I was shattered. I was shattered. Yeah, I got hundreds of messages from people going, please do it, Ada. So here I am. I'm in a dress. It's beautiful. If, if I had, if I had time, what I was going to do was clip up your. Um, saying of the, you know, the, the vowel thing and then replayed over with the Dan Ganane, uh, commentary, but I, I just couldn't be asked. Um, but yeah, look, I don't, I don't know why you're in the dress, but props to you. Um, mate, you do so know why I'm in the dress. I mean, he's got a vowel home. Everyone just, try. everyone asked for this, so you're getting it. Anyway, uh, you're joined by SE Whisperer and, uh, a- Adriana Soros. A- Adriana. Adriana Soros. Yeah, um, yeah, literally, <laughs> mate. We're at round seven now. I don't know if I should call you, mate. Uh, they them. We're at uh, we're at round seven now. It's it's been humming along nice, nice and quickly. Uh, a fair bit has happened in the previous week. Uh, you know, some very very high scores from highly owned players, but also some absolute stinkers. So it it was a mixed bag of results. Uh, we'll quickly run over the big things in league that we learnt from the week gone by. Uh, the headline story for myself is TPJ is back. Now, from a Supercoach standpoint, let's just wait and see what's going to be happening. However, uh, from a footy standpoint, TPJ back is fantastic. As a Max King owner, not loving it because Ryan Sutton moves to the bench, which gives him just that little bit more bench utility. Um, but look, hopefully for, for our Lord and Savior Max, he's fine. But how pumped are you to see TPJ back? Well, I mean, back in my previous team names, I was living to Vita Loka. I, I love TPJ. I love him as a player because I think he's as good as um, Lolo and all of these others. He's just had a wretched run of injuries. He's had bad hammies and stuff. And if you manage to stay on the um, park for a full season and maybe curtail a little bit of his aggression and stuff, I reckon he could be near – he almost even is still nearly the best forward in the game. But uh, I'm really glad to see him back. And I just hope, fingers crossed, um, he stays on the park. As am I. Uh, James Desco returns after – 
having a having a little bit of time off with the HIA's back, which is great for the Roosters. Um, it does have a pretty pretty you know nice matchup for footy fans to come into for Supercoach players. I'm sure no one else, no one seriously playing is holding him, and I'd definitely be holding a week off uh, for the Cowboys. Jeremiah Nenai is back. Uh, you guys know my thoughts on Nenai as an option, but if you own him, fantastic. Uh, Cameron Munster at fullback. This is a huge one now. With Nick Meaney out for the week, Cam Munster goes back to fullback. Uh, Jerome Pezzett, not Jerome. Uh, Pezzett owners, you know, been given a lifeline another week for a little bit more cash gen. Uh, I really don't want this to turn into 2021 Nico Hines, where we have this cheapy half that just lingers around and makes a butt ton of cash, and I miss the boat. But Pezzett is back. But more importantly, Ado Munster at fullback. Uh, if owners, owners, if they loved him before, they'd be loving him even more now. Don't you just love a monster at fullback? I um, I made the decision on draw to go to Brown. Brown has a good ba- enough base to not make you feel so upset. Well, I really like a big one soon, though, just be honest. Um, <laughs> mate, mate Mun- don't Mun- preach preaching to the fucking choir after last week. <laughs> yeah, but Munster... Oh, yeah, you captained him. Uh, Mun- but you still got a better score than I did, mate. Uh, anyway, but Munster at fullback is terrific. He's been... Uh, mate, as soon as he's come back from this finger injury, he's looked absolutely terrific. Um, I don't know. You, could, I reckon a VC. I'd be. I, he'd be a clear VC for me at fullback this week. Absolutely. Um, we'll get on the captains, but Cam Munster does make uh, uh, a mention there. Um, on the sad part, you, know, you could get in my knickers. I promise you, <laughs> Munster at fullback. Uh, we've we've mentioned all the the great returns this week. Unfortunately, we do have a couple of outs um, highlighted by Jaden Braley and Adam Dewey. Both these guys out with ACLs. Adam Dewey is only 24 years old. It feels like he's 28, 29. He's been around for a while, but this is his third ACL now at just 24. And Jaden Braley will be his second ACL. Both those guys are huge for their respective clubs and they're going to be out for the season. So we'll, we'll touch on those in the buy holes and sells. But unfortunately for them, uh, yeah, their seasons are done. Um, Griffin, it's a shit go, isn't it? Particularly when they've gone, you know, in from one into another one and. Um, you know, it's it, particularly for the Knights, Braley is a really solid. Uh, I think the, the, they don't have a great deal of depth there, and he's the captain. And it's just, you feel, I just feel bad for him, eh? When, uh, when that yeah, it, I mean, you never like to say it, no matter who you support, it, it always sucks. Uh, I'm going to mention Griffin Neen being out for eight weeks uh, in honor of our great mate, Supercoach Guns. Uh, was tossing up between Matt Croker and Griffin Neem, and with the injury to Jaden Braley, it looks like Matt Croker. <laughs> May have been the the better option. So, unfortunately, super coach though. Eh? Oh, this, what did Neem do? He broke his throat. Yeah, fractured or not fractured, but like yeah, some kind of bruised larynx or fractured larynx, something like that. Yeah, it sounds like like you're after this. <laughs> uh, man, that might sound like you after a bru- bruised throat at the Caxton, the way you're dressed. Um, <laughs> Brett Naden, <laughs> Brett Naden out with a collarbone injury. Uh, to be advised in terms of his his period on the sideline. Uh, Tomato Martin, a fractured tibula, four to six, four to six weeks, six to eight weeks for him. He's out. Josh Adokar with a syndesmosis. He's also out for eight weeks. Uh, Tom Travojevic had some back spasms, required some injections uh, at halftime last week, but he looks to be fine. Um, Seabold's deemed him an all but certain starter. And Carl Lawton has a shoulder dislocation. So Manly's injuries are stacking up. Uh, let's move into the 10 things that we learned from the week gone by. Probably, probably my favorite part of this podcast. Uh, mate, do you want to kick us off with the, the, the most important thing that we learnt last week surrounding uh, one Nathan Cleary? 
Uh, yeah, I will. I, I wrote these, so I should know them, but uh, let me have a go. I'll, I'll jump in. Look, here. I'll, I'll take one, you take two. Nathan Clear is warmed oh. up now, uh, and you're a brave person not to have the VC or C on him every week. Uh, brave, stupid, moron. Uh, I don't know. Two of us on this podcast that didn't VC him last week, so. I VC'd him. I looped him, but I got Oh, you did loop him. Oh, God. I far out. Him. I had a VC on him. Because I liked what I saw from him ever since he kicked that two-point field goal, and I felt like he's warming up uh, chin. And um, I just reckon you've got to have a slice of him. He's got to be you know, up right up there again this week. But he's warmed up now, and you, you look at the most traded in, and people are making a priority on Hines and Cleary. I'd even take Cleary before Hines at this point in time because he looks um, terrific. And getting junk points for fun, as always. I mean, look, I don't think the Dylan Edwards one should have been a try assist, but, you know, we keep saying this podcast, don't fight it, just just own it. Um, look at Number it. two, if you started with the Hammer or Izako, you can officially rub it into all of us people that didn't start with them because even the Hammer, people were saying he was maxing out last week, but he, he is electric, much like we sort of think about um, Khan Pereira, but I think he's the regularity of his scoring you could probably just hold him and he'll, he'll even if he looks like he's maxing out, I'm sure you'll regenerate again. And Izako has been unbelievably good. I'm getting rolled by these people in head to heads uh, who have got Izako and, and the hammer. And I'm, I'm running with Garrick and, uh, you know, Val. It's just, look, hats off to you and you can rub it in officially, I reckon. Yeah, I remember after, I think it was round two, everyone bought in uh, Asako. Sorry, at the end of round two, started round three, everyone bought in Asako because he had a really low break even. And I think he only scored like 45 points. And I was like, ha, oh, like finally, like the people that chased the points have you know, been burnt. Um, but Osaka was the number one point scorer in Supercoach. All of Supercoach. He has the most Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Number three, uh, weaknesses are being exposed. Only having one or two guns and wings and relying on guys like Alamotti, Camperera, Warbrick. Uh, it's just not cutting it most weeks. We saw, you know, all three of those guys, Ado, combined for about 35 points between the three of them. Um, it didn't really matter who you played last week. I'm sure with Hines out, you know, you and I had to play at least one of them. Uh, I played AKP. Uh, you played Warbrick. I mean, we both got stung. We both I played Alamotti and I played Cam Pereira, and then I got Warbrick as my AE for um, for Cleary. So I got all of them. That's why I went down seven thousand spots, mate. But let's yeah, not talk. About that's it, the right? thing, though. Like with with center wing, yeah, it's nice to have these guys. I'm probably not going to look at moving any of them on, but I just I just can't have them as 18th, 19th, 20th man. I, I need more depth. And I think you guys yeah, out I mean, there I think too. You can move some of them on. They're maxing out some of them. Uh, all right, let's move on to number four. You might be the recipient of terrific luck some rounds, and you get results in some rounds. Is this a bit? Is this this one hits a bit too close to home for you? I feel. Oh, it does. Uh, look, all the other stuff I will take responsibility for, but you get you're getting seventy average out of someone like Garrick, and it's just the unfortunate nature of it. Turbo was a high captain um, last week. And unfortunately, he's got back spasms, and which affected him obviously for his output. But then he got, he looked more free to me in the second half. So, it just, isn't it such a fickle game? Like you even mentioned there on, you know, with the Braley injury, the way injuries land sometimes it opens up the door. I, I, mm. I was mentioning to the Guns today on my pod, podcast, Hutchinson was such a stupid buy for people, but he just keeps falling ass backward <laughs> into like one game in a good role, like in the centers filling in Absolutely. Or, or whatever. So sometimes you get a bit of luck. And even people who got Pezzet, they got that nice 100K rise. And we were like, well, you just did a stupid play for one week. If people haven't moved him on yet, you get another week of it, you know? So that, it is a nasty old beast sometimes, Super Coach. I went down 7,000 spots this week. But if I nail one this week, uh, I, I could easily go back up that amount. So I'm, I'm not panicking and I'm not unhappy. 
Absolutely. Why would I dress as a woman if I wasn't happy? So, yeah, it is. It's a game that can go up and down, and it will do that all year long. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to Clone Commander in the chat. Just back on the hammer. Um, he said, look, I started with home. I started with hammer, but took him out after every single podcast that he was a trap. Uh, my man, me too. I had him in my team. I think I bought in, I bought into the FOMO. I bought into the hammers, a trap FOMO. I bought into the, um, you know, dolphins aren't going to score many, as many points. And I took him out as well. So, uh, yeah. I mean, look, the dolphins have far exceeded everything oh, anyone could have thought on. And, you know, I think the biggest error that we made was probably that, um, Wayne can get the best out of this kind of player. Yeah. And, I th- and that's why we're seeing it from Izako and from Hammer. But we just have to eat our words on it. it. Wayne's the super coach, the best coach we've ever had for a reason. And he and they've somehow scrapped through this resilient mix of of experience and, and youth. And, and it's the, these guys are flourishing. So, I, I mean, I'm priced out of Izako now, aren't I? And, and Hammer probably nearly. Um, so, but hats off to the people that that had the faith and took a gamble and it's paid off for him. Absolutely. And that, I think that's the biggest thing, what Clone Commander says. It, it always goes back to trust your gut. Um, I wasn't overly keen on Val in the preseason and I was keen on Hammer. Um, you know, I bought into the FOMO and didn't trust my gut. And, you know, these things happen. So trust your gut, um, but also trust Ryan Madison's biceps. Number five, Maddo <laughs> might be that guy. Um, look, I really want to see how he goes this week because I think they have a full team back. I think Polo's back. You know, we've yeah, got Polo's Lane back. back. Yeah. So this is Parramatta's best forward pack. Uh, and if, if Maddo does what he's done the last two weeks, then I'll be moving heaven and earth to get him next week. Um, you know, we've got some, some options there to move him on. You know, we've got Liam Martin and Luke Garner on the bench. Now, touch wood that if they don't come back in or if they do come back in, you do have a really nice upgrade piece from Hoskins to someone like a Madison. So he's looking like that guy. Um, the sex appeal of your squad also goes up about 75%. So Maddo, this week is definitely one to watch out for. If you jump on him this week, I'm not going to say no to him at all. Me personally, I just want to see how the rotation goes with Bolo, uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Jermaine Hopgood, who has fallen off a fucking cliff, um, Sean Lane yep. and those kind of guys. And Bryce Cartwright still played big minutes. So um, definitely ones to watch this week. Number six, Munster's so far ahead of the awful pack. He might actually finish the year 20 points clear of second at 5'8". Now, he's actually nearly 20 already down from the next best in 5'8". I trusted the draw and went with Dylan Brown, but I feel like those people that said, nah, I'll have Munster, maybe they didn't plan on holding him through origin or whatever, but just sometimes, like you said, go into your gut and just grab him. Someone like Monster, he's going to be clearing away. I reckon the best um, five eight. Maybe maybe Dilbergs can make some ground, but those people that had the guts to go with Monster, I really hope you reap the rewards of that this week while he's in fullback because it's good super coaching. Absolutely, um, average. Hang on, number seven. Sorry, I skipped a line. Number seven in the gun positions of fullback, our top four: uh, Reese Walsh, Jamana Sarko, Lockie Miller, and Dylan Edwards. If you pick those four, you're a fucking liar uh, as your top four. But yeah, like there's there's been some weird scorers this year. I think in the top five, I posted a tweet today. In the top five, um, you know, Payne Haas was sort of the only name that you could even consider having there in terms of yeah. overall points scored. So yeah, the likes it's, it's of... A crazy, it's a crazy start. We're particularly in like a high ceiling sort of position like fullback. We probably haven't seen from out and out guns like Turbo even with with you know, the lower score that we... And... and, and, ter- and um, Teddy as well, not as much of and Latrell, not as much as we'd expected from them. And these other surprise names have been there. What a surprise packet in um, you know, we mentioned Ozako and them, but in Lockie Miller, I mean I, I didn't think he was a trap, but I didn't think he was this good. 
Yeah, I was I was in the in the trap camp. I just not so much trap as a player, but I just felt like in the preseason. And I've said this a couple of times. I mean, he only arrived to the Knights with six weeks to go uh, in terms of the season, and and Kalen Pong was out at that time with the hamstring issue, and I just didn't feel that those connections would be made. You know, Jackson Hastings was on a limited training schedule as he was still recovering from his leg break last year. And so basically, it was only Briley was the mainstay. I just, I just feared for the combinations, but he hasn't missed a beat at all. Um, yep. Yeah, you know, you, you've got Teddy that has been up and down with his form. Pappenhausen's out. Luttrell uh, has really, you know, been there or thereabouts. Last week was the first week that he really sort of cemented himself back in yeah, that elite fullback score, status. Yeah. I mean, hell, if you ran Lockie Miller and Taruva as your fullbacks and you just went big, like Karaz is averaging 80. I mean, Garrick is still Garrick despite the score from last week. Asako, Hammer... Uh, even Charles Nickel Cookstar. I mean, like these mid-range guys. I mean, uh, are still there. I know that even in two RF as well. I know that Cam Murray owners will will jump and j- jump and joy over his eighty-point performance. But Jackson Ford got seventy-five, and you know, you know how much we love Jackson Ford in this podcast. So the mid-range guys this year are, are really, really by far and away established themselves. Apart from Harry Grant and Payne Haas and Cleary and Hines uh, and Munster, none, none of the former guns are really yeah, the people have just taken a pun and, and had a bit of, of adventure about the way they've played have really been rewarded. We're not saying, yeah not not saying the guns are bad but it's just the gap between them and the mid-range guys is just not as big for the through the first month and a half yeah yeah i think it's a fair comment um look getting to a solid well 17 is going to be your first goal but i reckon you've got to get a squad of 22 23 how important is it um i reckon as far as a key move for you because I noticed that I've I've had to play too many of these sort of uppity sort of center wingers, and I've been running with Uto as my second front row. So if I didn't make a trade up there in front row this week, I'd be relying on Ben Murdoch Masilla, and I guess that's finding me out for you know just being playing it too risky and having deficiencies in the seventeen. I think I've had pretty good options on the bench, but I've just cut some corners, uh, or, you know, in the other parts of my team. So um, this week is about consolidation for me, and I, I really want to try to get us. Sew up some positions that I reckon I've just um, taken too many risks on, and there's not a strong 17 yet. Yeah, no, I think that goes back to point three about Alamotti, Camperera, and Warbrick. And uh, some weeks you are going to have to rely on these guys, and I think you want better options. And and that's why maybe doing a two for one trade isn't a bad idea. Maybe trading out two of these shit shit guys for enough and uh, somewhat playable options is the best. But um, yeah, I think it goes back to to your point there about depth and and how key it is. Number nine, finding the balance of risk versus reward versus safe and steady is a balancing act that stings hard most times when you bust out and risk it. Uh, pretty much this one relies down to playing AKP. Uh, I know a lot of people would have played him last week. He scored about one PPM every 75,000 minutes. Um, <laughs> this this week he'll score five tries when no one plays him. It's just it's just the way of the world. Variance yeah. is a big thing. Um, you need to, to weigh up your risk versus reward. Uh, I guess yeah. I guess a good example. I think every week when you make your when you set it up, it doesn't. I don't mind having a couple of risks in your team each week. I, I think those weeks where we go and say, "Wow, this is a real." I need to catch up some ground, and I've put a whole bunch of risky moves in there. Sometimes that. Yeah, I think that's how you got found out. Too, it's gone back too risky, and I think sometimes, like last week. When I got the big score from Cleary, I should have pulled out AKP there because yeah. and and trusted Ford. You know, that, that's, that's what I was going to say to you. That's what... That was just, I played the lower percentage, more risky play, and I let the pendulum go back to too dangerous. And if I'd have just done the safer move there, because I already got the, I knew clear he was going to go up to 150. And then that's why I straight away, I was like, I can loop that. He's going to go up to 150. As soon as I knew that, I should have just gone and said, 
let's just bank the safe score now. You know, yeah, and that was the thing for you. Risk guy. You played you yeah. played two two higher ceiling tenor wings, both of them failed. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. But then you also looped on top of that to get a third shit option. I, I think in yeah. hindsight, as you said, you know, taking out just take don't, don't be too greedy. Take the one fifty five and go one sweet. Of them out. Yeah. yeah, take a risky one out and go a plug a And look, and look, if AKP nice AKP comes out and scores a hundred, you just gotta tip your hat and say, Look, fair play. I, I can't turn down a one fifty five. But you know, it, it is what it is. You live and you learn and move forward. Number ten, the final points. Uh Adrian <laughs> makes for a butt ugly woman. Um, like let's just leave it. Yeah. I mean, look, it's not the worst. It's not the best either. Let's move into buy, hold, and sell. <laughs> nope. Uh, for a back-to-back week, Charles Eagle Clookstar makes his way onto the buy list with a minus twenty-two break-even. He is getting up there in price, but I mean, he is delivering week in, week out. We touched on this pod- on the podcast last week. Ado had a very good stat that he had an average of about 64 when you take out the HIA-affected game. And look, well, he, it's he, up towards 70 now. I think it is actually 71 after that score last week if you take out the uh, HIA game. So the finances are still good because it's a minus 22. The score is good. And he's my answer probably this week, I reckon, for relying on some of those. Oh, look, and look, Chance can get a – his low ones are 30 you know, so Which is he doesn't have a lot of tens in him if he's not getting knocked out. So he's having a really good year. Um, he's a fullback and he's a busy fullback. We've seen a pedigree from him in the past where he scored well. So uh, I reckon it's still a good move this week at minus twenty two be. Roll back to round one. The Broncos um, dusted up. I, I won't say dusted up. They beat the Penrith Panthers, and the Panthers looked shocking. And Sonny Luke played twenty minutes that game. Uh, the Panthers, yeah, look, Nathan Cleary's looked good. But I think Sonny Luke around the middle has been really, really impressive. And he is a buy for me this week. If you're needing a Wade Egan downgrade, if you've got Brandon Smith, you're not still happy with him. I think Sonny Luke is your guy. Uh, much better option than Hands from Parramatta. And yeah, I think he'll he'll just grow in minutes more and more year in, year out. Yeah, he, he will. And I think I like the look of him. He's, he got a 59 last week as well. And I agree with you. I think he really adds to the team. I mean, I, I think that the same uh, applies for Hosking. He makes all of them look better there, and I, I think that his synergy with Cleary is good. I think that of um, Luke as well. And I reckon if you've got to do moves this week, because a lot of people are trying to get back in Hines and Cleary and such, or do an upgrade in that center wings, not to rely on, I reckon, money down to a Luke. I think he could be a 50-type average guy moving forward. And I reckon he can I, – I can see him getting up to like sort of 500. But, I mean, also, who 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 do you want to go to? Yeah. If it's not a grand, you know, really. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing. It's Hookers, we've said this a couple of times in the podcast, Hookers are wasteland, uh, and I think Sunny Luke could provide some value. Um, if you want to add some sex appeal, uh, some bicep index mass, and just all around hot boy summer, Ryan Madison, just doing what he does best on the edge. Yeah, I think it might be just a week early, but he is, uh, we, we kind of said once IPAP was going to go, and Lane had had a terrific year last year, but Maddo is an absolute weapon of a thing. Yeah. And I just reckon he's I – I reckon no matter what who, who comes in there, I reckon the minutes could come away from Cardi maybe and, you know, maybe Hopgood doesn't get as many minutes as he could. I think Lane will still get good minutes, and I reckon um, Maddo will. And we talk about, like, um, getting ahead of the curve. Uh, you know, people who jump on someone a week early – I don't mind it as uh, if you had a bit of a bad week uh, last week. I don't mind if you grab a Matto this week because he's not going to ever disappoint you. I don't reckon. You just may not get everything that you hope out of it if because we haven't quite seen a full strength power team with Matto and his minutes. But 
I reckon it's a safe gamble. Exactly, safe. exactly. Um, I do have the chat open. This is probably the first time all season I've had the chat on my second screen. And I just want to highlight a really good point that Sal's made. Um, it's not a buy in the run sheet, but Jack Bird has gone 70, 53, 33, 74, 75. Um, has that really, really old school jewel of 2RF center, and he is 550k. We, we we mentioned in the preseason, Ada, remember how we were talking about Jacob Little and how he could present some value just because of the Dragons' buy schedule over the origin period? Uh, Jack Bird could be a really, really good option if you are looking... It, it goes back to what we were talking about before, about safe and steady versus high upside. I mean, 550 for a center wing that's going to punch you out, you know, 70 points a game, playing in the middle. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind the Jack Bird shout either. I think he could be someone that presents some value. Yeah, I like Jack Bird um, as a player because I like his players that are not lazy. That's why I like Chance. That's why I like um, I, I like Karaz. I like Garrick. I like these players that go looking for work. It's um, not the and- ones. The ones where you look at the score after seventy minutes and go, "Look, fuck, they're on nineteen points. Like they need to do something in the next ten minutes." Like you look down at Karaz, you know, Toto, Bird, like these guys. You're like, "Oh shit, they're on fifty-five with ten minutes to go." So it like. Awesome. Yeah, and you're hoping for some sort of attacking stack or something. But, but if it doesn't, if it doesn't okay come, if it doesn't come, enough. that's fine. Yep, I like Jack Bird. I think in that team, um, it's really just the Hunt show and probably the next best quality in there because Lomax is having an absolute bloody Four meal of a year, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the last buy on our list is Nico Hines. I'm not going in to say why. Just. Just fucking buy Nico Hines. Uh, yeah. Moving into the hold category, uh, this one was pretty prominent in my DMs. I'm not too sure about yours, um, but it was also the top comment of this live stream before we went live. And it was someone asking yep. about Ruben Garrick. Now, is he a yep. hold? Is he a sell? Look, he's out for this week, does have the mandatory 11 day stand down period. Yep. Boy, look at the next month of footy for the, for the Manly Seagulls. Uh, there's no point selling after a really low week. I mean, you are probably going to lose a little bit of cash the following week because he's going to have 130 a really high break even. Break even. Yes. It's high, but I mean, if, any, if any center wing can hit it, um, it's going to be Ruben Garrick, and we know how dominant Manly can be when they just flick that switch and get it going. He's actually- even with even with that eight points from the HIA, he av- he's averaging seventy. Yeah, I'm actually so looking. We I'm talk actually about looking oh, it's a, an injury affected game. Garrick is averaging seventy with the, the HIA eight. Let me read you some of Garrick's scores that he's had this year, and I, I just my only point to people who are trading him out is that when you got him in, you thought he was a season long. Keep you were never planning on tra- trading him out, so who cares about his break even? Um, 110, 82, 71, 81. So those are the scores that are not the HIA, and game. that's with mainly looking horse shit as well. Yeah, so Garrick is a guy I reckon we say never trade a premium. So I guess I mean, someone's floated to me like, well, also Garrick this week, I'll go to Marju or. To Izako, Izako's got a minus twenty-two break even, so he he will be, he will surpass the price of Garrick with his one thirty, and then I can make money going back to Garrick. I sort of said to them, well, if anyone could reach their one thirty break even in next week, come and have a look who they're playing next week. It's not the worst matchup, uh, but also. It's a trade. It's an I just trade. think, and, and so. I just fear that these are the kind of same people that will DM you in round 22 and be like, oh, fuck, I've got two trades left. What do I what do? I do? And it's like, well, if you didn't, didn't just bomb four trades for no yeah, reason. And they're, they're the ones that are like, oh, oh I wish I didn't fuck off Garrick. Exactly, exactly. And Or, or something happens. Like, let's say you do trade Garrick out with plans of bringing him back in. Uh, let's say you own Adam Dewey and Jaden Braley, and they both go down. You're like, what, you're just going to 
just leave them there and you, if you, you stick to the plan. I don't like booking and trades for the sake of booking and trades. Um, but yeah, if it happens, I mean, I, I, I worked my team around trying to find a way to bring Garrick in. And he was a piece that I always had in there saying, once I've got him, I'm locking that in for the rest of the year. And him having a week off and having a 130 break even, outside of those uh, that HIA, he's averaging 80. I think we can probably say the exact same things about Tom Travojevic as well. I mean, I'm seeing people throw up the idea of selling him. Uh, he yeah. did have a 26, and that was against... Uh, a pretty red hot opposition does have a pretty red oppos- red hot opposition again this week, but he's still averaging seventy eight points. And for me, he's a season long keeper. With how dim, with how grim fullback has been, until the troll starts to show some consistency, until Teddy decides to pull his finger out, until Pappenhausen comes back, I, I think te- Turbo's just that mainstay. And I'm I'm just not seeing a world where I'm trading well, him out. People people are going to get rid of him until a troll who's about to go into a bitterly hard. Draw and outside of this one forty, it's been less than. Oh, turbo. that's hundred percent. I was all aboard. I, basically, after we jumped off this podcast last week, I was tempted to bring Turbo in. I'm, I'm te- trell in. There's too many T's. Trell in because I knew it was going to be a two week play. I just don't see him or Cody Walker as a buy this round. Go have a look at their draw afterwards, and it's just putrid. So that's yeah, the reason well, everyone, why I'm, yeah, I'm just going to... You look at the most traded. Cody's in there. Mm. Um, in saying that, Cody's good. averaging close to 70 points, and he's been he's been he good is. a couple he, of weeks. He's going exceptionally well, actually, but um, they're about I just, to hit a bit I of just draw. worry when you... I mean, they played the Seagulls a couple of weeks ago. It was like 13-12. I just worry when they play a good opposition um, that the, the points per game just goes down a cliff. Um, we're holding AKP as well. The reason for it is... He's one of these high upside center wing guys. We're not saying he's a play, but you know he crosses the line for a double this week, scores another try the week after, and uh, there's 100K in a month. And yeah, you max out when he maxes out. Yeah, well, the break even is low. So when you're comparing him to Warbrick, you know, um, Alamotti, these other ones, he, he's, break, he's got a little bit more money to make. Absolutely. And if he goes out and scores a try this week and even gets 40 or 50, um, it'll keep going a little bit. And your hope is to be able to get him back to a good player. So the more money he makes, the better. That's the problem with like Warbrick and Alamotti is they've gone a lot slower because they don't have that hot, huge high ceiling. Yeah. And as a result, they're maxing out quicker. You could be patient and hope for them to get some sort of upside as well and keep going. Sometimes that's what Supercoach is about, is having a bit of patience. But uh, in the case of AKP, the, it is the lowest BE. Um, but you know, I, I'm I'm green lighting if you need to sell any of those to try to consolidate in there. See, you you I know your team, and you've got four strong playable starting center wingers, and people are probably trying to get to that. And if it means you've got to sell one of those, sell them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, same thing with Karaz, as we said on on uh, Garrick. I think he's a season long keeper. I mean, his side got absolutely fucking resolved, and he still scored fifty one. His side got resolved in round one against Manly. He scored a sixty odd. So, I mean, we've seen the ceiling there for him as well. The Bulldogs going to click. Uh, they get you know all the troops back, RFM's back, Kickouts back, TPJ's back. I mean, this is it for the dogs. And I'm going to almost like, should I sell Garrick to you know Marju? And I was like, Marjorie's about to hit a hard draw, and we'll find out whether he can still score the, the tries. Because outside of those two tries last week, his base wasn't as good as we've his, seen. Oh, I'm, I'm not a, a Marjorie owner. And look, if you are fantastic, take the two tries and run with it. But far, his base was shocking. What do you yeah, score? 80, so, 83 with two tries? Yeah, 83 with two tries. So I'm, it, oh, to my reply to, and he was like, should I sell um, Karaz then? 
I was like, bro, Gary just got 50 and he got resold. Yeah, if Garrick and um, Karaz aren't season-long keepers, right, if who Gary, is if, if Karaz scores a double, he scores 400 fucking points. Yeah, who, who, is, who is your keepers in centre wing? It's not Marju. It's not somewhere I want to Marju's rotate. on a good run. He's on a good run, and he did the same when he was at the Titans. He got to a nice price, and he had a good run. Um, you know, J- Jermaine Azarka is having a good run right now in the hammer. So you've, you've played good super coach now getting those ones. Oh, yeah. You sell them to somebody. Karaz... Garrick, even I've not got rid of Holmes because he's a safe 60, you know, or average. It, he, he's really safe. I don't have to stress about him. I'd love a big one, but I'm not stressed about him. And he can be in there as a piece that I can just rely on every week for a 60. And Garrick and Karaz are my other two big pieces. That's the uh, thing. If I if I want to gamble, I want to gamble with three 400K. I don't want to be gambling with a sky-high price Mazu or a sky high price Isako because if it goes wrong it goes really really bad and you lose a lot of the cash so that's just my two cents I'm very much I'm I'm, I'm probably the highest on Karaz in or the Supercoach creator space so maybe take my opinion with a grain of salt but I'm just very high on Karaz um, like Sells Dewey and Braley not a whole lot more to say here probably same for the Fox as well all that for extended periods of time just move them on uh, Wade Egan's an interesting one. Let's talk Wade Egan because I was never keen on Wade Egan. Um, I don't like relying on a hooker to score a try every fucking week for a month. <laughs> but look, it, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Um, the problem with Wade Egan is, is Reid Marnie consistent enough for you to spend the extra money? I, I don't think he is. I mean, I own Reid Marnie and I wouldn't be looking at buying him if I was a non-owner. But then... The, the only move I reckon with Wade Egan is... It's just Sonny Luke. There's no one else. There's no one else. Yeah, and, 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 and bank your shit ton of cash and pay yourself on the back for taking a ballsy move on Wade Egan to score tries. Yeah. I think these two HR, I think he's got a 99 break even when he comes back now. Yeah, 100%. I, I would be moving him on. I'd move him now. Um, I mean, historically, Wade Egan's been fine. He's been a 45 to 50 point scorer. Uh, and if you think a hooker's going to score a try every game, then. Uh, I'll, if you I'll, want a 45 50, I'll happily you be your bookmaker. To, I'll happily be your bookmaker. Sonny Luke and bank yourself. You know, 300 plus K and get yourself a Nico or a Cleary in. 100%. Uh, right. So, after us being the most cocky pair of Supercoach analysis the last two weeks, uh, we've both come crashing back down to earth a little bit. Uh, <sighs> myself with an 1185. Look, we did Captain Dylan Brown. Uh, I didn't VC. Nathan Cleary, if I did, I obviously would have looped. But the problem was I didn't have any way to loop unless I was making a trade for enough, which I weighed up the pros and cons. And in round six, I don't really want to be trading enough for the sake of trading enough. So Captain Dylan Brown, we left 105 points on the table. So that could have been closer to 1,300. You live and you learn. It is what it is. That takes us to a total of 6,000. Oh, sorry. 6,946 points, uh, which brings us to 4,003rd, which you can see on screen that they are what our rankings are. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still 150 points outside the top 1K. Absolutely no need to panic. And you're going to say your rank, and you are... Oh, I don't know. 110 points behind me, and you're outside the top 10K, so I would not be worried at all. I'm not actually worried because, look, I had an absolute mare of a, a round last week, but I think a lot of it had to do with luck. Um, and probably just taking one too many risks um, than, than I should. I fished with 1,077. I did loop clear because that was about the only good thing that happened for me in the round. It's just one of those ones you just file away in the you're a dickhead, uh, Ado. I would uh, look at it as a positive, mate. Like, I'd, I'd just look at it being like, look, I copped, 
I copped 35 points between three players. Oh, no, more than that, because you played Garrick as well. You copped, what, 43 points between four players, and you still scored, you know, nearly 1,100. So, yeah, every, yeah. it's it's everyone's going to show you there. Oh, look, I scored 1,370. I scored 1,400. Cool. Um, take the good with the bad. I think for you, you're fine. You're 110 points behind me, and mm. that's like 5,500 ranks. And I'm 100. Nothing, nothing dissuades me from building building that strong 17 to 23 players. I'm still doing that. I risked a little bit too much last week, but it, I, I've been able to stay on my plan, you know, yeah. so um, I'm just going to keep on chugging along. And I think it's a good, ad- you know, I think this is a good attitude to pass out to people as you had a little of a drop. Um, you know, it's such early part of the season and these Isarcos and these, um, you know, they might keep going for the whole year, but they... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Your connection's gone. So I'm going to try and stall for time and hope that Ado does come back eventually. Otherwise, this is going to be awkward. Um, Let's move into your take, not mine. Uh, now, last week, Renault said Fafita is the best captain option of the week. Last week, uh, unfortunately, that just wasn't true. I mean, he does. He was great. Fafita's, what, 76 points um, before? Can you uh, Hello. We are back. Your camera isn't back, but you're back. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, okay. I'm back. What a shit show this episode's been. Um, we were no, just... it's, not, it's been terrific. It just said you're too ugly to be on, on video. That's and then it switched off. Someone's hacked me. That's fair. No, That's fair. Look, what, what we were talking about, Ado, was uh, the your take's not mine from last week. Renault was saying that Fafita was the best captain. And I was just going to say that um, although that wasn't the case, Fafita back on the left this year has been um, something to behold. I mean, he's averaging 76. I don't think I've seen him have a quote-unquote good game in terms of his standards, and that's really, really promising. Yeah, he's not scoring tries. That's the funny thing, but his work rate is up. He's running more meters. He's tackling a lot. He, he, he's sort of changed his style. I mean, we'd yeah. love a try. If he gets a try, he's turning up so easily just with what he's doing. I'm really enjoying uh, watching him play. I'm, re- I'm really enjoying watching him be more involved. And when I say not doing anything, I don't mean, obviously, he's being lazy. I just mean from a attacking, line-breaking you know, barging, yeah. barging for feet that we're used to. He's playing differently. He's playing more, very more busy, but he's just not, it's not that super coach stuff, you know, that has got him 50 point runs. Abs- uh, it'd be nice. I reckon we will see some of those happen um, here and there, but I reckon he's been, he's becoming a much more complete so player. More complete. Yep. Yep. Uh, Ian Johnson says, mind you with 110, that did not happen. Uh, and I just want to include this, uh, our good friend, Aman. Uh, Dylan Brown and Sean Lane combined for 200 and I've just put here fuck you Aman <laughs> that didn't happen <laughs> yeah no it didn't happen oh uh, mate Dylan Br- oh ah! okay. mate they made tough work of that actually against the West Tigers we should get some points this week with the bye mate don't I wouldn't fucking count on it <laughs> <laughs> How good were the Raiders, though? They got the win over the Rolls at that game. It was a bit, don't you have a curse or something? Is there a curse that every Raiders game you go to, they either win or lose? What's the what's the deal there? 
Oh, well, that's the we can get. No, they normally, well, they've won a couple, but I think I'm probably sitting at 80% they lose. I was there with some Broncos fans, and basically I was so happy about the win. I've only got back at home on Monday. Yeah, yeah, big big one. Um, Let's move into this week's Your Take, Not Mine. I really like this one. I think this, I don't think we've had a correct one all year, but this one could be it. Sam Haynes. Cam Munster will be a top three point scorer for this week. Well, I, I like that one, to be quite honest. He's in fullback. And uh, look, it's, it, uh, they're away, aren't they? So, it, you know, it's not as, as slam dunk, but I'm never going to back against my, the mad dog in fullback. Absolutely not. Uh, will Tosh, Will, if you want, if you just want to tell the world what your super coach back row pairing is, and by all means, but he said this week is the week of the mid range two RFs, Hosking, Katoa, and um, I've written Hoskins, but this is meant to be someone else. Hosking, Katoa, and there was another mid ranger, but they're going to combine for a hundred points. Um, what do you think of while I pull up the exact uh, prediction? What do you think of the Garner and Martin inclusions on the bench or on the reserve? Sorry. Yeah, it is uh, interesting. I will say that. T- because, T- sorry, Teague uh, Wilton, Teague Wilton. So Hosking, Katara, and Teague Wilton combined for a, for 300 points. But yeah, Martin and... It's more nerve-wracking um, with him there. But I don't reckon he's put a foot wrong. You know, like, I just reckon form is king. If he, if he, lose, if he loses he his spot to... after the last three weeks, then, like, yeah, Ivan just Ivan just obviously crazy. loves, Ivan loves Garner. hung on to the fact that he wants Garner. Because you cannot be watching Hosking and say Garner's better, a better fit in there. I'm sure that players like Cleary and Luai, uh, you know, all of them have a say. And there's no surprise to me that their form has improved with Sonny Luke getting a bit more minutes and Hosking being there. He's just a more damaging runner and he's got a good pass on him. He's a, he's more, he's got, I reckon he's a way better than Garner. I just reckon he is. So, um, look, well, like you said, you've got to just play the BE game. I reckon you probably safely play him. If both of those those guys came in and then um, Hosking went down to the bench, he's probably still going to get decent enough minutes on the bench that you can you'll get a decent score. I mean, worst case scenario, worst case scenario, he does get dropped to the bench. He still has a thirty three break even this week, so it's not the end of the world. Look, yeah, he might get a shit score. And you, you moving on next week or something to a Maddo. You do the Maddo move then. And it, it all ended probably too quickly for you. And it happened with Hopgood. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 didn't, it didn't materialize the way people wanted it to. But, yeah, I, I don't think this is a case. This is not a case of like a Trentley error or Eli Katoa who are very, very prone to errors, who are always going to have job security issues. Hosking has been amazing in the three weeks he's been there. I don't think he's put a foot wrong. I think I watched him concede one penalty last week, and that's been sort of the only blemish in the three weeks he's been there. But, yeah, he's been really good. And if he does lose his spot, it's going to be very harsh. However, I am quietly confident that, you know, he does retain his spot. Um, KLR Fins says, seeing K, uh, your boy, 100 points this week versus the Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys have been absolute fucking dog shit. I've got to say, I've got, the, I've got a potty mouth on me for a lady, haven't I? Well, you, actually, you that's sexist. You can have a potty mouth if you're a lady. Go for it. Um, yeah, they've been dog shit. Uh, the the cows. What's going on? You you picked it. You're a cows hater. Uh, look, Me, I, reckon, I um, am a cows hater. 2005 grand final and the fact they fucking dudded us last year uh, and that bullshit call. <laughs> yeah, that was awful refereeing. Uh, look, um, I reckon CNK has been terrific. Got a 95 last week. Uh, Tamari Martin's probably a big loss for them. I think it's Volkman that came in for them, and Tamari Martin's just such a. 
he's so elegant and such a good ball player. Every I, I love him as a player. I'm so glad he came back to the game. Uh, look, I, I reckon they'll be all right. And, and SJ's in some sort of form, isn't he? So yeah, absolutely. I won't put it past CNK to be on the recipient end. Some uh, some stuff in there. Just oh, he does his normal fare, and then if he gets a try, let's get him a try. Get him over hundred. Or even even you know two with his base two two try sisters. I think that's going to be plenty for him. Uh, but let's yeah. move into the captains of this week because uh, it's it's after the first two weeks. You know, Teddy failed. He was pretty popular. Um, Cleary failed for the first uh, two weeks as well. So, captains are really hotting up this week, and it's going to be crucial. So, yes. Number one, I do have Nathan Cleary still as my clear cut uh, number one captain. I know there's probably some better matchups, but it's you know, very hard not to at least have the blue armband on him, let alone the orange. Yeah, that's the thing. It's He's a safety pick. He's a safety pick because he's just so good, and it's a good floor. It's a terrific ceiling. I reckon you've got to try to find yourself one out of there because I don't think there's any huge clear-cut ones. I mean, I would have – the confidence that I played Dilbags the captain last week, I'd probably play him again. No, look, I think out of the five names that I'm going to list – Latrell Mitchell has the highest ceiling of them all. Um, I'm going to stall for some more time because your internet has decided to really cark it today. So, Cleary, I've got as one. Latrell, I've got as two. Just on the back of that really, really good performance. Looks like he's come into his own um, when his back is against the wall. I mean, he performs at his best. We saw that last week. Uh, three tries. Unlucky for owners that none of them had line breaks attached to them. They were all off kicks, uh, but really involved in the play. And that's what we like to see from Latrell Mitchell at his absolute best. Number three, I've got Reese Walsh. It pains me to say it as a non-owner, but the kid is just shitting points for fun. His speed on the edge of the play is just ridiculous. He is just burning back rowers, burning centers galore. Um, he's just really, really coming into his own this year. And despite only having, um, despite only having played one game less than everyone else. He is still, you know, the clear-cut front row forward, uh, front row forward, fullback uh, number one. I mean, he's outscoring Turbo, he's outscoring Teddy, uh, he's outscoring guys that have played five games, such as, you know, uh, Clint Gutherson's played five games. So they're the ones that, you know, are really, really uh, killing it. Um, my man, you need to invest in some better internet. What is going on tonight? Yeah, fuck. It's not my internet. It's, well, I'm, I'm not even... Look how quickly I came back in. I just to go back into a new meeting. We were talking about uh, Reese Walsh. Obviously, you lose your camera and everything before oh, we mate. came on. Reese Walsh, despite playing, uh, what are we now into? We've everyone's completed six games. He's only played five, and he's still the clear cut fullback. Uh, we were just saying how his speed on the edge is just burning defenders. Yeah, I was live at the game, and he's just such a he's a yard he- ahead of everyone, and everyone's just at the fire alarms are going off when he goes. He just. He digs into the line and everyone sort of panics and just rush at him. And so it's just try assist central because he, and and a lot of the mistakes, there was some shoddy hands from Cobbo because he was given waist high passes. You know, he was opening up the door for him big time. I reckon that came, we were lucky, um, the Raiders. So yeah, he's so terrific. I reckon um, what we saw, we saw some snippets of what Walsh could be at the Warriors, but he's gone to a team. I reckon that's like, at least twice as better. Twice, maybe they're improving this year. The Warriors, but the Broncos are probably they're on top of the ladder for a reason, aren't they? So um, they've got a terrific forward pack, and they've got a really young and and, and slick backline. So I think he's gone to a, an outfit that's probably just a rung above, and he's doing what he's he's capable of. When it comes to the clear cut 
best halfbacks in the game. We had mentioned Nathan Cleary as the, as the best number one. It was strictly a matchup thing. Um, Nico Hines takes on the Roosters, and it's not the best matchup, but it's still Nico Hines. Uh, if if you own Nico Hines, he would be my captain, but if you own Nico Hines and Cleary, Cleary comes out number one for me. So, yeah, in saying that, it's um, for me, it's going to be it's gonna be Cleary uh, is the best option, and then if you have Hines, uh, it's not a bad option to have, but I just edge Cleary ever, that, ever so slightly higher. And number five, Cam Munster. I think if you're doing Cam Munster, he needs to have some respect on him, uh, whether that be the blue or the orange armband. I mean, if you've got balls, straight seeing him, um, you know, could be the play over over Cleary, but definitely a vice captain if you own him. Yeah, I'd be I'd be finding Sutton for him. Really, you know, that's the thing. If you want to slice a Cleary or Hines, you've got to just pick which one you'd like to take. And I, like you said, I'd, I'd probably err towards Cleary, but I'd be trying to get a slice of, of Munster. I, I would 100% have a slice of Munster if I if I owned. Uh, let's move into trade talk this week because I have come off the back of four consecutive boosts and I've got some big, big news for you today, Ado. Uh, we're not making any trades. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. And the crowd erupts. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it because I don't. Well, I mean, have you got any? I am like I am like a smackhead when they get a paycheck, mate. I'm I'm itching to always uh, pull the trigger. If you've got an Alamotti and a Khan Pereira and all of them, I reckon you'll flip one of them. I just don't have know who to. I've got no one. I've, I've got seventy five k in the bank, and I've got I've got nothing got really. Yeah, but like I just I think that's 70 k I mean from and he's got a minus twenty two, it's good business. I was sort of I was sort of looking burnouts. at I was sort of looking at just going Warbrook because I'm probably just gonna be stuck with Alamonte. I feel like he's just gonna be there forever. I mean it's yeah. last week was his first really bad game since round one. We yeah, said on this podcast we, we, to we, cover um cover the Fox. Exactly, I mean, surely, exactly. Surely him coming back in and kick our but- there's got to be proof he's well, that's, that's the thing. Like we said on this podcast a week ago, he's a consistent 40-point guy, and I'm, I'm just going to hold. The reason why I'm not making any trades this week is, one, if Hosking does decide to shit the bed and, go, and Ivan Cleary doesn't play him, maybe maybe looking at making some moves, maybe something like a, a, a Warbrick down to a Dunster, and then it would be something like a Hosking to Maddo, if, if Hosking, we had, if we had got mail that, that Maddo, I mean, if Hosking wasn't playing... Um, but really, the trade I'm looking at next week is bringing in uh, Ruben Garrick, and I know he has that sky high break even. But we've said he's a keeper, and if I can move on two cheapies to to a Garrick, then that's a plan moving down the line. Um, you know, even a, even a Jack Bird could be an option uh, if we can if we can find the cash. I mean, while while you discuss your trades, I know I just said I might, I might make no trades, but if I can somehow manage to find a way to get Jack Bird in, I might be reversing trades. But you let us know what you're <laughs> going to do, mate. Yeah, well, for me, obviously, it's about putting out a couple of fires. I've got three sort of gun um, center wingers, and I just want to add a piece in there that I can rely on. Um, so I'm going to move on AKP. I need his money. Uh, it is early, but I'm, I know that he's a dispensable piece. Oh, far out. This has been an absolute car move crash on, of an episode. Uh, Tikamano, Are you back? I'm going to. You cut out for a bit. You cut out from it. I was like, this is a car crash episode. Ah, beautiful. Don't worry about it. Just embrace the car crashness. It's fun. I wrote a song for my show the other night that the chorus was the F word. I was saying fuck a hundred times over. I don't care. Um, yeah, so I'm going to get rid of Utikamano. I'm going to get rid of um, probably AKP. 
And I'm going to pick out of uh, who I want to hold out of Warbrick and Alamotti. So I'm going to get rid of two of them this week. I'm going to use my jewels and I'm going to probably bring in Couchman from the um, Dragons. I've liked Looks what good. I've seen from him. He's scored pretty well off the bench there with decent enough minutes. Does look does look very good. Um, okay, yep. so so as as we were sort of talking, and I said no trades, and I said no trades. Um, I can do Hayes Dunster in Jack Bird in for Warbrick and Alamotti. Yeah, I mean that's nice. It is. <laughs> Right, we'll, nice. we'll, sleep, we'll sleep on it. We'll sleep on it. Because nice. Jack Bird is just another... Yeah. So yeah. That, look, we're, we're, we're trading it. I'm, I'm talking myself into it. We're trading it two guys that are sitting on my bench doing nothing um, for you know another playable guy option. That you can play. Mm. Yeah. So, I'm, look, I should say who I'm bringing in. I'm bringing in Tom Gilbert into the front row. I think pairing him with Hass is, um, put, puts me in a much better frame of mind than relying on Wittikamano at my front row two. I'm going to bring in C&K. He's that fourth piece that I think I can safely play every week in, in there in that center wing. I can pick other, other ones outside of that if I like. Um, and, yeah, Couchman is just somebody who he's got a neck break even, and, and he's getting decent enough minutes there in that um, shitty Dragons team. So those are my trades just to sort of fix up the front row and to get a nice uh, fourth piece in the center wings. Yeah, don't mind that at all. I really like Couchman. Uh, I ended up pulling... I, we were sitting on this podcast last week talking about Jack Johns or Baby Tino. I ended up pulling the trigger on Lindsay Smith. Um, if I had my time over again, I would have definitely mm. got... Definitely would have got Couchman. I think he's looked really good and, and playing himself into uh, a bigger role uh, each week. So definitely don't hate that shit at all. Uh, let's move into a couple of podcast questions. I say couple. We only have one because I did this very last minute. Jesse Walker... How many boosts is it ideal to have at this point of the time? Would you stress if you only have one or two? Oh fuck, I'd be stressing very hard. <laughs> if I if I thought I needed more than one right now, I'd be I'd be panicking. But look, I've always I feel, I feel like we talk about boosts every fortnight. Yeah, we I've, do. I've used them use them to fix your team. I mean, that's the way I've always looked at it. If you've got a fucking pressing issue, then then use a boost. I mean, if you're one move away, then pull it. Don't just use it for the sake of using it. Yeah. Well, the, the thing you're saying is if you've you if you've max traded and use all your trades and all your boosts, yes, you should worry. Yes, yes. You know, if you're using all your boosts and you've saved four trades, you're doing fine because you're using it the now, um, but still banking them uh, for other weeks where other people have got to save or because everyone's going to have to find periods in the year where they save. So all it means is in the lead up to the buys, you might have to start trading in the lead up to those buys earlier. And so that you use the trades that you've banked rather than using the boost. So save some and use them as you need to fix your team now, but save. I, I, I did one trade last week, so I banked a trade. I banked in the first round. I'm banking. I'm banking trades. So, I'm, yeah. I'm not banking. I'm banking. Uh, let's talk about our tips this week, my friend. Uh, the Finns up against the uh, Assassin Rabbitohs. I'm going to take the Rabbitohs here. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rabbitohs. I don't think it'll be... Yeah, all that um, easier uh, a win for them. I think they're really resilient, um, the Dolphins, but I'm going to go with the, uh, the the bunnies to win this. Um, Clone Commander has put in the chat, everyone's sleeping on Britain Nakora. No one's sleeping on Britain Nakora. He's the second best um, to RF this season. I mean, he's been fucking unbelievable. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's still... The Sharks draw, I mean, this week, I think I think there's probably better issues. I'd rather Maddo, um, he's coming to his own a bit more. Uh, sorry, off topic a little bit. Uh, speaking of Britain Nakora, his Sharks taking on the Roosters. I think this one will be a very, very good game. Yeah, I think so too. 
Um, the Sharks come. I the Sharks come into this one. Asthma. as The Sharks come into this one as the underdog, and and it's at Shark Park. I'm probably going to lean towards them. Well, I mean, Royce Hunt and Hamley Welly is a starting front row. Oh, yeah, let's, okay, let's quickly talk uh, about. Let's know, quickly talk about Royce. Let's t- let's talk about those these Sharks boys quickly because Royce Hunt starting. We said in the preseason he has the the best PPM of any of any Supercoach player um, historically. And Cam McInnes. Now, I remember last year, Dale Finucane was suspended for about four weeks, I think, and I did buy Cam McInnes, and he was fine. Uh, people expecting 80 minutes Dragons Cam McInnes. That's just not him anymore. But I do think we might get a 62, 63-point performance out of him, and um, he could be another guy that you look at moving uh, on to. Yeah, possibly. Um, I just reckon, well, in my tip for this game, I reckon the Roosters are in better form. And I reckon um, the loss of Toby Rudolph, who's been better than their replacements, I reckon the people that are filling in for him, uh, I'm going to tip the Roosters to what, get this what, done. What form are you looking at? Because they beat the Bunnies by two points. Um, they had the bye. They conceded 20 to Parramatta, who we know the Tigers, you know, should have beat them. Um, I think I think it was a clear robbery. Roos- and then the Roosters got the fucking... Roos- they, and the Roosters got touched up against, against the Storm. Stormer of uh, a, a bloody good team. So any team, with, I, any, I, any team with Trentley Arrow in it, I'm not taking serious. Uh, yeah, I reckon that the Roosters are clearly in better form than the Sharks. Nico Hines masterclass. I'm going to make sure it rains, um, and the Sharks will become uh, automatic locks. Uh, let's oh. move into the Seagulls and the Storm now. We, we we may have disagreed on the last game. I don't think we're going to disagree on this one. Uh, Anthony Seabold is not that guy at the moment, and I'm going to take the Storm. I'll, I'll be taking the Storm also. Uh, you had a lot of silence there. I was worried that you were going to take the Seagulls. Uh, the Warriors, up the Warriors. Uh, let, let's, go, let's go on Warriors uh, against what? the Cowboys in Mount Smart Stadium. I'm tipping the New Zealand Warriors for a bounce back after a loss last week. Tohu's back in this week. Uh, and, mate, the cows have been dog shit. Although they've, you know, they get um, a couple of people back this week. They get they? Nano back. Likes. I mean, Cotter's another week under his belt. I think they get Murray Dalungi back as well. I think it'll be a good yeah, game. A right, few, just- few, few people in. Good game. I want to just um, say on the home ground with SJ in the form he's in, I want to tip the Warriors. Um, I think the Warriors have conceded a try in the first five minutes from the last, like, six weeks. So if you're a betting man, uh, first try they scored under eight minutes is always looking good. I'm going to take the Cowboys just to be different. Uh, the Knights up against the Penrith Panthers. I'm going to be taking the Penrith Panthers. Yep, I will too. The Another Queensland derby this week. We're going to have the Titans taking on the Broncos. I think this one will be close. But I think after the loss last week... Um, People may have tried on Payne Haas's shoes. You know, a <laughs> lo- lot of noise in Suncorp. I think they're going to bounce back and they're going to drive down to the Gold Coast and do one over the Titans. Yeah, I think they will do one over the Titans. If, if say, they'd flogged the Raiders last week, it would have been one I might have taken a little sneaky on the old uh, Titans, but I reckon the Broncos will bounce back this week and, and, and hammer them. Um, yeah, I, I, after our tips, I want to talk about the Raiders because a certain headgear-wearing centre has been the, the talk of the Supercoach Town. We'll talk on him shortly. Yeah. The Parramatta Seals up against the Bulldogs. I'm going to take... <laughs> I don't know. I'll take the Eels. I'm taking, I'm taking, uh, I'm taking the Parramatta Eels. Yeah. I just reckon, um, look, they made really hard work of the Tigers last week, but 
you know, they, these are this is a, a game that they should be banking the two points. They they've got to be going out saying this is one we've got to put in the bank. And speaking of banking the two points, most important game of this week, the West Tigers versus Dubai. I don't know, man. It's tough. It's I a really toss don't up. know. It's a toss up. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if the Tigers did Imagine, did lose. That's this. So, such a shame that the first points you're getting of the year is the buy, and you're not the round one team. <laughs> getting it in round seven. It's well, crazy. It's always been the debate. Like, should be. Hey, should... I'm a second on the ladder, second last on the ladder. The Raiders still. So... But the problem is, you're you're still you got four points. The Tigers got none. So. Yeah, oh, we're so shit. Um, hey, let's talk Jared Kroger before we finish up this episode, Ado, because a few people have asked about him. Um, I'll, I'll give you the answers if if you need them. As a Raiders fan, Savage is due back next week. He's all, he's playing Reggie's this week. So when Savage comes back in, Chris goes out there into the because Kotrick is back this week. So you have got Kotrick and Rapana on the wings. Tomoko's not getting dropped, and Chris is going to be the other center. I mean, do you really think they're going to drop Chris for how many games? Is, how many games has Kroger played? Do you know off the top of your head? He needs five more, I think. Five more. All right. So he'll get another one this week. So he'll have four more to get. Maybe if you're like in 13th with four rounds to go, Ricky's like, oh, fuck it. He we'll, will do it. We'll just, we'll just roll him out so we can get it over and done with and move on. I think the fact that he's got Chris filling in at fullback means that once um, Savage is back, he's going to go straight back to fullback and Chris is going to go to the centers. He's much, much better at centers. I had a, I had a big part. I had a, I had a thing written up for the podcast notes today. I, I, I was going to chat to you about the the Rapana penalty, but honestly, I don't think anyone gives a fuck anymore. <laughs> Look, oh yeah, I've argued with everyone over it. So, are, are you in? The, are you in the uh, pro yeah. penalty? Are you in the pro penalty camp? I'm assuming you are as a as a Raiders fan. No, I'm not actually. I, I just reckon it's a play the ball. I don't reckon it, because he lost the ball as a result of what happened. Oh, look, there is an onus on the on the tackler to. Um, you know, ensure the safety. That's why I didn't think Chris was at fault because he's like wrestling in the tackle. It's just a stray elbow accidentally. Whereas Tapau's got a responsibility because he's charging at a million miles an hour. Mm. So that's why I can accept if it's a, a penalty. But if it was my, if I was refereeing the game, I would just, I would have seen that the same way as I would have saw, seen a head clash. I'm not yeah, going to blame over either of those players. And I would have just said, okay, um, once they recover, we'll get, if, if Grapana's got to stretch it off, Play the ball. I would have just made it a play of the ball because realizing it was an accident. It felt it looked live more like an accident than it did a, fa- a, a, oh, a, a foul I, act. Oh, I, I, I 100%. Do, do I think Malik's power meant, meant to do it? Fuck no. Um, but do a lot of players mean to do head high tackles? No, it's a penalty in my mind. Anyway, let's not get into it. I've been the SC Whisperer joined by uh, Adriana. Keeping the Raiders um, this week. Am I keeping the Raiders? Yeah. What, what game? Oh, did we not discuss that game? Not playing St. George. Oh, fuck. Do I, I don't really care. Um, oh, look, yeah. look, if I decide to buy Jack Bird, I probably will have to tip the Raiders, I mean, the, the Dragons, but I'll probably, I'll, I'll probably sit with the Raiders. Yeah, good. The milk's good. Uh, you've been listening to the Dual Position Podcast, round seven. This episode was an absolute disaster, so I do apologize. Uh, we'll be back next that week. Great. Uh, joined, as always, by um, fuck, whatever whatever he's calling himself these days. Ding. Respect respect the pronouns. Ding. Uh, no, I love you all. Thanks for having us. Fantastic. Have a good one, guys, and we'll see you next week. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.